to the Garden Life Marriage Podcast. I'm John. And I'm Jacqueline Stevenson. And today we'll be talking about unfair comparisons. Yeah, comparing your partner or spouse with someone else, else's partner or spouse. And I know just from my personal experience in hearing um, some of my friends and coworkers talk, that is something that they deal with is comparing their spouses or their partners to somebody else or some other story that they heard, especially in the era of social media. Yeah, because what you'll get on social media is everybody's highlight reel. Yeah. I mean, even with something as simple as as a podcast or a YouTube video, there's outtakes you'll never get to see. Yeah. You always want to put your best foot forward and, and be shown in the best light. So when you're comparing your everyday life to somebody else's edited version, it's never going to match up. And you also have to be accepting of your partner and know who your partner is before you ever even get to the point of doing a comparison. Um, Like for me, I know I had um, a friend who, when he was getting preparing to to ask uh, his now wife uh, to be engaged he had like this elaborate proposal he had like rented out part of an art museum and I was like man this is so I'm truly like genuinely happy for him Mm because I was like man that is the dopest I mean it was so romantic but not once was I ever jealous or thought to myself man John should do that because I know that's not our story and um, that's not who he is Okay. So I can't compare him to my friend who's doing all of this elaborate romantic stuff because that ain't that ain't that ain't who I married. <laughs> so it would be unfair for me to be putting that pressure what? on you. So you're saying our you proposal gotta, gotta, wasn't like a, a Zales commercial? Listen, huh? It's gotten better over the years. Folks. I didn't go to Jared. You just got <laughs> Every kiss does not begin with K. It got better over the years, over the years. Because while we talk about that proposal with the whole art museum and the signs and everything, our proposal was me just... Well, don't ruin it. I'm going to tell the story. Don't be putting putting no hot sauce in the story. Just tell the regular story. Don't add no remix. I had no remix to it. Um, so here's a story in a nutshell. We might go into more detail another episode. But the way I proposed to Jocelyn, she was at her apartment. And I think she might have been lying down. I was on her laying bed. down watching television. Yeah, laying down on her bed. Normal. Normal. Gotta catch her off guard. That is. <laughs> but I had already written out uh, the proposal, letter form. I had a ring, a real one. <laughs> And so I came into the room, told her to close her eyes, started to read this proposal letter to her. And when I got to the end of the letter, I slipped the ring on her finger and I had... You had told me to close my eyes. Yeah, your eyes were closed. Yeah. And I had the uh, ring on her hand and I had her hand... Mind you, I'm still laying down. Covered up like this. So she can feel something on her hand, but she can't see it and her eyes are closed at the same time. So when I get to... Will you marry me? There's typically two responses. Yes. And sometimes no. She said 
neither. Her response was, you're so full of crap. Well, that's because you used to joke a lot. Okay, so. Not about getting married. I've never joked about that, but that well, was her response. Well, what? The history <laughs> led me to believe that this was another joke. Anyways, the point is, I knew who he was, and I can't compare my proposal and his level of being romantic to with somebody else's. Yeah, with somebody else's. And I can't compare the way you express your love to me, the way mm-hmm. that I see somebody else expressing their love. Um, because somebody's always going to come up short. Yeah. And we did a 10-year reproposal. So that's now her her new memory. Because the first one, it just, it's just... I'll, I'll, most of the stories made me feel like I'm the crazy one. Mm. I mean... Mm. Well, if you're the common factor, the common denominator. <laughs> <laughs> but I will, whatever, I own it. Okay, mm. I own it. Um, so, yeah, I think sometimes when you when you know who your partner is, but then you hear stories or you see other relationships, you can start building in your mind unrealistic expectations for your partner to be living up to. And they have no idea that these are expectations that you even have. Um, For instance, I know when we were going to a church in in Orlando and I mean, the pastor and his wife were phenomenal and their story was amazing. Mm -hmm. And the way that they run the household is amazing, but it's amazing because that's them. It could be in a church or somewhere else where you just see a couple who looks like they have it together. Yeah. Um, financially, career-wise, happy marriage, and they get put on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And you no longer see them as just everyday people. You see what almost can look like a perfect life, a perfect marriage, and you start comparing your wife or your husband to their life and their marriage. But you don't get to go home and with them and see, okay, what are your actual struggles? What are the mm-hmm. things you guys are working through or have had to work through? And it is unfortunate and unfair to your spouse to say, I want you to be like them. Because you don't know how long it took for them to, to get there, like like my godparents. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, early on. Jacqueline took me to see her godparents. They wanted who to are amazing. Up. They wanted to kind of uh, see who I was. Who's this guy she was talking about I'm dating and possibly getting married to. And just in getting to talk with them. Well, even meeting them. One of the first things that jumped out to me was they, they have a custom built home. Which is nice. And something I like. I mean, I just like nice things. So you go to this house. It's on three acres, uh, custom-built home, and you just begin to talk with them. And one of the things they were saying, not about us as a couple, but just in general, is how often they see young couples wanting to live a life that's similar to theirs, be it the custom home, the nice vehicles, the jewelry, the, the designer bags. And they were saying, we didn't get here overnight. Right. This was a life of building. This was a life of planning and sacrifices that had been made. Yeah. 
And so that's another trap when you're trying to compare yourself to someone else. You have to, more times than not, it's going to take time. It's going to take time to get where you want to be. Yeah. There are rare circumstances where people do get, you know, a lump sum of money dropped on them. But even in those cases, it does not make up for time. See, lives are, are built together. You can't just put them together with money. You can't buy them. And then you have to take into account your partner's communication style and the way that they receive love. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. um, my dear lovely husband, his primary love language is physical touch. I scored a zero in physical touch. So the expectation that he may have for me to be all over him. That's right. Give me a hug. That's all right. Let's <laughs> calm down. Okay. <laughs> the expectation that he might have for me to be all over him because he might see other women who are way more affectionate, who want to hold hands in public and do public displays of affection. Let me tell you, it took me a while to get, get to, to that point. to get to the place of you holding my hand in public because mm-hmm. I was like what they know me together we walk beside each other somebody sees what us <laughs> it just didn't make sense to me <laughs> okay <laughs> but because I know that that's his love language and that's the way that he receives love and because he did not put any expectations on me to change I wanted to change so I mean, I've, I feel like I've gotten better. I'm, I'm at least up to like one hug every two to three days. Yes, that's better. So, and, and you mentioned it, but I'm not going to assume everybody's familiar with it. There is a book called The Five Love Languages, and that's what we're referring to. It's just, I mean, it's five love languages. You take a little quiz, and it kind of helps you to understand how you receive love and how. Was there Kiss and Connect date idea? I will circle back around to it. And it gets you to understand how the people in your life receive love so you can speak their love language. Because what I found is, if I'm not careful, I want to speak to her out of my love language. So if it's quality time and touch, Touch. I mean, that doesn't do much Uh, for her. Because skin is so hot. Oh, it's so hot. The heat. And we in Florida too. That's like heat on top of heat. Like you, you don't need all of that. You don't. No, okay. Okay. that's too much. So speaking to her out of her love language, which her access service. Yeah, and so I can't. I can't. While you might buy me gifts or do something that you see other people do in their relationships. I have to remember who I married, remember who he is, remember mm-hmm. how he communicates. So that way, if he falls short, I don't bring up to him like, well, you know, so-and-so on Facebook just got a hundred roses just to celebrate Tuesday. Like, that's not... I don't care what they's doing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth of the matter. <laughs> supposed to at least pretend mm-hmm. care like pretend. oh what pretend. that's what they did i'm a suspect so, anyway yeah. so it's, it's, it's so just knowing knowing your partner 
um, knowing who your partner is before you commit, um, knowing your partners, not only their limitations, but where they excel as well. Because even though, um, even though I've, you might not be like planning out a whole extravagant romantic event. I know that you excel in, in other ways that speak to me that I'm like, yeah, you, you, this is why you the homie. Oh, bless you. <laughs> I give you a little touch, a little pat pat. A little pat pat right there. <laughs> so as we even talk about comparisons and is the grass greener, uh, a guy said to me one time, the grass is greener where you water it. And I said, man, I like that. Mm-hmm. And that's true. But even in that comparison, see, I'm going to touch on it from the aspect of not necessarily just marriage, compares, comparing marriages and social media, but what I see a lot of guys get into comparing the look of their woman to the look of another one. And I think that's where you really fall into a, a trap. Because, again, they're only putting out the highlight reel. You don't get to see them when they first woke up or hair's not done, teeth not brushed. You get to see once they put it all together. And the thing I heard a while ago was even in those cases, when, when you're interacting with this person, I'm not talking about a woman you see on social media because you can just keep scrolling on by. But when it's somebody you have to interact with, maybe somebody you work with, somebody you go to church with, somebody you see on a regular basis, the advice the person gave was get to know the person enough to find out things you don't like about them. Yeah. Because at that point, it stops the whole thought process of let me compare you to what I already have, because then it's back to that 80-20 rule of you got 80% of what you want, but you're focusing on the 20% that your wife might not have or your husband doesn't have. Yeah. So get to, you know, you can be cordial, but you're getting to know the person from the standpoint of, let me find out why this doesn't work. Let me find out why I shouldn't be attracted to you. Because if you just stay in this fantasy world of, oh, you're everything I think you could be for me and, and you're going to make up the difference where my spouse is lacking, you can find yourself in a place of, Becoming attracted to somebody that you you really shouldn't be. And then I think you can apply the same principle except in reverse with your partner. Because if your partner has 80% of what you want or desire and 20% you don't, sometimes we can focus more on the 20% instead of focusing on, well, 80% is is working for me and 80% is what's, you know, maintaining me. But if you focus on that 20%, it can appear to be a lot larger than what it really is. And now you, you know, you, you throwing away a good thing for this 20% only to realize like now you're in the worst deficit. (laughs) What I've heard is it's hard in those streets. It's hard. You can't get all of this. Well, I'm going to hold on to what I got. (laughs) (laughs) No trade backs. (laughs) (laughs) But that's good because you can, um, And I don't think this is just for men specifically because I think women also can have a tendency to be in a relationship but still keep looking Mm. um, for that 20%. And not necessarily for the physical, but just looking for the 20% communication or the 20% 
you know, affection instead of working on maybe moving that 20% to 15%. What's that? What's that you're talking about? See, that reminds me of a little story I had with a guy I know. We were talking about actual homes, physical residential homes, and how when you buy a place, it seems like you always find a place you like more afterwards. And as we were talking, I think I said to him, yeah, that's why once you make a decision, you got to stop looking. And even though we were talking about the houses, it really resonated with me because I feel like that's the same thing in relationships. Mm -hmm. Once you decide, hey, you're the one, you got to get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm done looking because you can buy a house and still go look at a model home and really feel like, damn, my house is lacking or go to a friend's house. And, you know, like I said, with the custom build from her godparents. We could have went up there and saw everything that we didn't have. And so once you've made a decision in your relationship that, okay, this is the one for me, mm-hmm. you really just got to stop looking and you can grow in those areas. If it is the 80-20, grow in the areas that, that you feel like are lacking. And that's where the communication comes into play mm-hmm. of, all right, how can I meet those needs that I'm not meeting for you? And then not only just personally, because going back to when you, buying a house and you just stop looking. If I go into looking at my godparents' house and I look at our house and I'm like, we should be having custom cabinets and I'm holding you to this and I'm nagging you until we get our custom cabinets. Yeah. I'm nagging. Not- <laughs> nagging being the key word. <laughs> I'm not taking into account how long my godparents have been in their home what they did to learn how to do their own carpentry. Like, I'm not taking all of that into into account. account How it started for them. Yeah. I mean, I saw something a while ago, you know, all these social media challenges. People are posting how it started, how it's going. Oftentimes, we don't get to see how it started. We just Mm. get to catch up on, okay, how's it going now? Yeah. Yeah. And and then you feel like I'm coming up short. Because we have a nice, we have a really nice house now. I'm not going to lie. But how it started, well, it started pretty well because we, we had a really nice apartment. But before we moved into this house, y'all, it was rough out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, they already got to hear. I don't think it got any rougher than us being at that food stamp office. But so it was rough out there. It was rough. The last apartment we was in, we had we had tenants with us we didn't even know they weren't even paying rents them roaches was like oh my bad we know y'all was home early today let me let me go and get out your way it was like you gonna eat that <laughs> i thought that i thought you left that out for me all right all right are you gonna get the raid out <laughs> <laughs> the roaches was ruthless they didn't care you cuddle the lights and normally the roaches just run away they was like hey <laughs> We trying to have, we trying to set a mood here. <laughs> Cut the lights off. <laughs> but see, if you see, if you see our home now, then you'll, we, you know, you don't get to hear or see the before we got here. And so now we are very appreciative of where we are because we know where we started. And I mm-hmm. think that's key is not getting discouraged at where you are, or where you're starting, because you can always progress. And I think that's what people um, forget is that they always want that right now. Instant gratification. Instant, instant gratification. Yeah. Where it's just 
being in the moment of man, this sucks right now. <laughs> but it's, but it's, it's not forever. Yeah, Maybe it's not better. Yeah, because instant gratification, and who knows, I might get into it another day. But that leads to a lot of couples getting into financial problems, mm-hmm. all types of debt, because they feel like, hey, I got to get it now. And these rent to owns will let you rent twenty dollars a week for the rest of your life. And then marital problems. You have something, which then will lead to financial problems, which lead to financial stress, problems in the home, just because you want to look like you have something that you can't afford yet. Yeah. Instant gratification where your the partner is looking for an immediate ear, someone to listen to. And when you first meet people, of course they won't listen to you because they're trying to get to know you. But that instant gratification of you sharing too much with somebody that you're not supposed to be in relationship with, now you're tangled up in an entanglement. An entanglement. No. <laughs> that no. you're not even supposed to be in. So, yeah. The grass is not always greener. No, and sometimes you get over there and find out. I, I've been in the yard. Like, I cut the grass. Sometimes it looks green. You get up on it and realize that's not even grass. It's <laughs> just a type of weed. Sometimes you figure you figure out it's just turf. It's yeah. not even real. <laughs> not even grass. <laughs> it just looks good from a distance. Good from a distance. Oh, that's, that's a good place to end. All right. Looks good from a distance. Just looks good from a distance. Well, you already kind of talked about it, but now we'll go ahead and get into our Kiss and Connect dating idea. So we talked about the five love languages um, early, and I think that that is a form of just communication that can help stop the comparisons once you realize how your partner communicates and how you communicate and how you receive love and vice versa. So if you have not done it already, or if you have, it's always a good thing to just go back and revisit because love languages do change. Yeah, they do. So you can go to www.5, the number five, lovelanguages.com and take the quiz. And after you take the quiz, compare the notes with your partner, discuss it and have a date night to go over ways that they can love on you and you can love on them. Absolutely. Uh, Hope you all enjoyed the show. Continue to, uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at Garden Life Marriage. Leave us a comment. Got questions or show ideas? We love to hear those too. Yes, please send them to info at gardenlifemarriage.com and it will be maybe one of the topics or suggestions that we use for another show. All right, remember, marriage is a journey. Plan accordingly. Talk to you next time. See you next time.